So far as the GA are concerned, in this matter, it's nothing to do with the individual teams. This is to do with the GAA protecting its own rules, protecting its own reputation. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Turning back to last night's football, I'm delighted to say Charlotte Dunker of the Times UK is with us. Charlotte, good morning to you. How are you? Morning, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. So, um, the City Ground last night, uh, uh, Cup semi-final, I think it's one of those um, moments where everybody kind of wakes up to the quality of the atmosphere at the ground. Obviously, Man United are in town, it's Cup semi-final, so it's going to be good. But apparently it's like that all the time. Yeah, I've covered Forest a lot this season and the atmosphere has been absolutely unbelievable. I think it always sounds a cliche, doesn't it, to say like they're the 12th man, but I've seen Liverpool go there and lose and the fans really have made a difference for them this season. So, yeah, the atmosphere was great. It's Forest's first semi-final there in 31 years. So the fans were wanting to make it a night to remember, but Manchester United in the end were just too good for them. Yeah, I, I, this is a, a bit of a tangent, but um, it feels to me like the atmosphere is better this year. Certainly, like I don't know if it's just post the World Cup, but like everybody's fully back understanding what it means to go to a football match. The atmosphere at the Emirates is better than it's ever been, obviously, because they're winning. But even the atmosphere uh, at Tottenham recently, like it has sounded like that stadium has fully understood that they have a role to play. Uh, am I am I reaching here? Have football fans uh, recovered from their post COVID hangover? <laughs> Yeah, I think after COVID, you've obviously seen a big difference because fans were starved of being able to go to games for so long, so to be able to get back in. But the teams you've obviously mentioned there, Arsenal, the atmosphere at the Emirates historically hasn't been that great. That's I'm not unduly criticising them, but this season it's remarkable because of the run that they're going on. I think if you look at the city ground, the atmosphere is always fantastic there. I think we've seen Pep Guardiola criticise the atmosphere at the Etihad this season. So I'm not sure it's across the board that it's increased, but you've cherry picked a few where the fans of home fans have really got behind their team this season. The, some of the tunes we were speaking in our uh, pre-show meeting this morning, Charlotte, about the, the music that was in the, the city ground last night. You could hear it on the <laughs> on the TV. Roy Keane was even referencing, I think, uh, Faithless. Uh, Insomnia by Faithless and Welcome to the Jungle I think was another one the, the tunes were absolutely banging <laughs> yeah it's like like a disco night out but yeah they try and create a good atmosphere in terms of like they were all there with their scarves they make sure they pick the right music that sort of thing to intimidate them because it's such a close ground in terms of like the fans are right there on the pitch I think that's what Forest Hope will, will give them an advantage in the games uh, Marcus Rashford must have been listening to the tunes just before kick-off because uh, he didn't take long before uh, he went on that mazy run and scored the goal because uh, I've seen a couple of United fan groups on Twitter comparing the goal to something Pele would have done but uh, and not, not like fan groups on Twitter to get carried away but I mean it was a brilliant goal that kind of typified what Rashford's been about this season Yeah, he's in absolutely remarkable form that was his 10th goal in his 10th consecutive game and I think well Eric Ten Hag said in the press conference afterwards in the form that he's in at the moment he's absolutely unstoppable and he's right there he's playing with this sort of confidence that maybe we've not seen from him in the last couple of seasons so it's not that the quality's not been there from him in the past but he's got the confidence to pick up that ball go on that run take on two Forest players and then finish past Hennessy at his near post so he's definitely thriving at the minute but Steve Cooper was not happy with that Forest goal. When you look at goals like that, you always think, is that a really good attacking offensive goal? Mm. Or 
is it really terrible defensively? Because if you look at the Forest team, they just seem to kind of be in awe of him a bit and they stood off. And yeah. that in the first half, the fans were get, getting agitated because every time Rashford got the ball down the left, there was no tackle going in from the from the Forest players. That They were standing off. They were giving him so much time on the ball. So I think a very good goal from Marcus Rashford, but defensively from Forest, they could definitely have done better. And I think, like... Rashford at the moment and we saw the quotes from Ten Hag earlier this week where he's kind of uh, hinting at Rashford and encouraging him to stay and if United are be, to be successful they need a Marcus Rashford in form still at the club but the PSG links don't seem to be, to be going away but is the feeling now at the club Charlotte that, that he's there to stay for the medium to long term? I think at the moment he is just focusing on his football because we've seen in the past maybe he's been a bit distracted by other things not that the other things that he was doing weren't worthwhile but all he's doing now is focusing on the football. So as I understand it, there's not detailed talks going on about his contract. That doesn't mean that he doesn't want to stay and he isn't going to stay. But Manchester United would obviously love him to be there. His contract expires, not this summer, the summer after. So hopefully it's something they can start, they can sort in the close season. It's not something that needs to be resolved right this second. So it's good that he can just focus on what he's doing and then turn his attentions to his future in the summer you're right with the PSG links they do admire him and maybe he could look at that and use that as a way to to get himself a better deal at Manchester United but he's come through the academy there and if you're Marcus Rashford and you see the work that Eric Ten Hag is doing and the improvements that he's made in such a small space of time and the fact that you've got a manager there saying he wants to build a team around you then you'd look at that and think well this is my boyhood club have we got a chance of winning the Premier League in the next couple of years? Is the law of PSG really worth leaving? So it's one of them that he's going to have to weigh up. But at the moment, Manchester United looks like the best place for him. We mentioned Ved um, Veghorst at the top of the, the show this morning. We were kind of saying, look, it was a lovely finish for the goal. Roy Keane kind of talking at halftime, I think it was, where he was basically saying, you know, he, he mightn't score that many goals for United, but if he can score a number of important goals at important times this season, especially in cup runs, I mean, then it will, will have been worthwhile bringing them to the club yeah and I think obviously there was a lot of criticism from different parts when they brought him in because he didn't have the best record when he was in the Premier League with Burnley they're obviously looking for an out and out number nine this is a team that people are starting to talk about in the title race is he the calibre of player to really elevate them but I think if you look at the work that he was doing last night it was is more the stuff he was doing off the ball that I thought was better. So he's pulling defenders away from his teammates to give them more space in the box. He's some, he had some nice touches in the build-up play when they were attacking. He got his goal, which is obviously good for his confidence, but he's more than just about scoring the goals. I think Marcus Rashford is more of a threat in the box. Marcus Rashford at the moment is more of a goal threat, but he brings something to the team and distracts defenders. And Ten Hag spoke about... Rashford's goal that they scored against Arsenal and Beghorst's movement in that at the near post, which, which helped Rashford score, and also the same at Crystal Palace. So he's causing problems in the box without necessarily being the biggest goal threat at the moment. So then if he can develop that into scoring more goals, then it could turn out to be a savvy loan signing. Charlie, you talked about the title race there. Do, do Manchester United feel like, without saying it publicly, do they feel in, inside the club that they are in the title race at the moment? I don't think it's something that's been discussed. I think if you look at the the gap in the, in the table, we've obviously seen bigger points deficits overturned and teams go on to win the title. 
Um, but if you watch that game against Arsenal at the weekend, it was clear. I thought Manchester United played all right. They were they were in the game for the whole time. It was an, it was a good game to watch. But Arsenal are just that one step ahead. And also, you've got Manchester City as well. Like they've not been playing well. No one should rule them out of the out of the title race either, and I just think they've got another gear to go through. Whereas I think the feeling at Manchester United is that they've still got to develop, they've still got to improve if they really, really want to compete at the top. What do you make, Charlotte, of the Harry Maguire situation? Um, we've seen him sitting on the bench in, in recent games for United, getting no game time whatsoever. I know he, he was suspended for last night's game. Um, his days are they numbered at the club given he's he's not getting on the pitch whatsoever at the moment yeah I think it's a decision that's going to have to be made in the summer and Maguire is going to have to sit down with the club and work out what it is that he wants because it's quite clear that under Eric Ten Hag he is not a first choice centre-back is even a second choice centre-back I think he'd rather put Victor Lindelof in if it was Varane and Martinez so he's got a decision to make obviously he's still the club captain Eric Hag made the decision not to change that but that was quite savvy from him because he didn't need to change it did he because he knew that really he wasn't he wasn't going to be starting that many games so if Maguire wants to go out and play regular football then as it stands at the moment it doesn't look like that that's what he's going to get at Manchester United because there are too many people ahead of him in in Ten Hag's mind so that I think that's going to be a decision for the summer I, I can't see him leaving in the last week of the transfer window, I'd be pretty confident that he's going to stay at Manchester United definitely in this transfer window. But one, one to look at it the summer in terms of Maguire and where he sees his career going and what he wants his next move to be. And whether or not they'll be able to find a buyer to take the, the wages off <laughs> their books. It's, mm. uh, it's complicated and maybe they just have to run that... Uh, contract out uh, the Veghorst the arrival obviously does not sate the perpetual desire from the fans for big name signings and it seems as if they've done a reasonable job of managing expectations are there no signings because the executive at the club is completely distracted by the fact that they're trying to raise money or sell the club I think if you look at about how much money they um, spent in the summer they spent over 200 million in the summer which was probably a little bit more than they were expecting so they heavily backed Eric Ten Hag this summer with the players that he wanted. Manchester United notoriously don't spend a lot of money in the January transfer window anyway they don't they don't think it's the best market to to work in. We've always been told that if a long-term target suddenly became available in January then they'd make a move for them like we saw them do with Bruno Fernandes and the transformative effect that he had on the club but there isn't reams and reams of cash for them to go out and get a big name signing like we're seeing at, at Chelsea this month, obviously. <laughs> they're, they're using loads of money to, to bring in all sorts of different players. But I think they do want a number nine. Um, no disrespect to Veghorst, he's not he's not the number nine that they're after long term. And if one of their targets had become available this month, then it would have been a discussion whether they go and spend some of the summer budget now. But that's not what's happened. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see anyone else come in. Um, they've obviously brought a goalkeeper in, in in Jack Butland and then they've brought a temporary solution to, to the striker problem in with, with Veghorst. So it'll be a case of continue, them continuing to plan for the summer. And um, yeah, I don't just don't think there's been the budget there this month. One of the players that seems to be frustrating United fans at the moment, uh, Charlotte, is Anthony and... 
uh, you even see Facundo Palistri come off the bench and, and even in his what five ten minutes he's, he still seems livelier and, and able to add more to the attack and we all know Anthony is capable of a lot more than, than he's currently given at United but there was a moment during the commentary last night where, where Gary Neville was, was saying you know, he needs to maybe add a bit more of a, a Riyad Mahrez to his game cut in on both feet it's, it's almost so obvious when, when Anthony gets the ball that he's going to cut in on the left foot maybe it, is his game a little bit predictable at the moment because clearly United fans are, uh, are a little bit exasperated by Anthony at the moment yeah and you just mentioned Palestri there and they're different players because Palestri right footed and hogs the wing and goes down and whips them balls in like a tr- what a traditional winger would do which we haven't seen that from Anthony at the minute but he came here with a big price tag which makes expectations very high and it takes time to adapt to the Premier League we've seen that with so many different players in the past and he's proven not to be an exception and I think to be honest I don't think he played badly last night it Eric Ten Hagel also thought thought he played okay. I don't, I don't think he obviously didn't set the world alight, but it was that nice crisp pa- uh, passing in the build up in the attacking play. Um, and then, like you say, he just needs to add that final product to his game. He's de- definitely not performing in the way that probably he would like and reaching the heights that he would he would want to get to. But I can understand what people are saying, but I feel like it's going to be a narrative that's going to stick around for a while and until he really steps up. The focus on a trophy seems to be paramount for, for Eric Ten Hag, and it's something that he's referenced uh, constantly in recent interviews. 2017, the last time United lifted a trophy, this League Cup campaign is being taken very seriously, Charlotte. And look, they have Reading to come in the FA Cup fourth round this weekend, Barcelona in the Europa League, but getting their hands on silverware seems to be crucial for United at this uh, juncture. Yeah, it's a really long time since they last lifted a trophy, and I think even when you go back to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and he spoke about the importance of what silverware can do to a group in terms of boosting the morale and, and the belief around the team. So I think that would really help. But for me, I don't think they need to win a trophy this season to show that they've made progress under Terek, Eric Ten Hag. Sorry. He has brought something to the squad and he's improved them. If you look at how they are in the league, if you go back to the start of the season where they were, everyone was writing them off for Champions League football and people were saying that it was going to take them years this rebuild was going to take years and look at them now people are talking about them in the title race so if it gets to the end of the season and they haven't won a trophy but they finish in the Champions League spots and I think there has already been good progress to show that they can push on next season All right, go on No just a final one uh, Charlotte you'd mentioned the the goalkeeper situation and Jack Butland arriving at the club has there been any more talk on David De Gea whether he wants to I think there was some quotes a few weeks ago where he wants to end his career at Old Trafford I know his his contract situation there's, there's a big money contract there he's currently on um, and, and, and even just thinking about it last night because Dean Henderson was the clear absentee for, for Forrest probably their best player and he's on loan from United is there any word on the current goalkeeping situation at United and whether De Gea is there for the for the long term again? I think he will end up signing a new contract in the end and then it's up to Ten Hag whether he sees him as his number one going forward or there's a different profile of player that he wants to come in. Obviously, Dean Henderson's loan will end at the end of the season and then they, they, they've got to make a decision on him as well. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 